Hello there listeners, it's Laura Yarbrough-Lloyd with another episode on a Flair for VIP Events podcast. If you're listening, you may not have ever worked at a VIP event and you're curious what that is like, or maybe you have and want to see it from someone else's perspective because you're VIP fascinated like me. So today I'm going through some basics of what it's like working at one. VIP events can be a few hours long to a few weeks long, so today I'll talk about those long haul, large scale events. They are VIP. They are iconic. There are so many of those in the summer, so it's a perfect time to talk about these so that the next time you're looking at photos or videos of one, you can know what it's like. When I say long haul, large scale, think of the World Cup, the Olympics, film festivals, the US Open. Often, these large scale and long haul events are global and centered around sports, but not always. And the shorter ones are your award shows like the Academy Awards or another red carpet event like the Met Gala, a royal wedding, a state dinner, a conference with A-list keynote speakers. And there are some that are in between that are days long, like the Grand Prix or the Fashion Weeks. They're all certainly similar with the clientele and the quality, polish, and level of the event, and some are well-known and iconic and others fly under the public radar, but that exclusivity and intimacy is key. But today, let's talk about those that are iconic. They're long, the ones where you're VIP-facing and not public-facing. You work at them while your friends and family watch on TV. And there's a reason I single out these iconic long-haul VIP events, because they are a little bit different. But never fear, we'll talk through in the future what it's like at a one-day VIP event as well. All of this will answer the questions, what is it like from someone on the inside? Is this style of VIP event right for me? Is it as glamorous as it seems? So let's get those questions answered. Welcome to a Flair for VIP events. Join your host, Laura Yarbrough-Lloyd, a VIP event planner, as she takes you behind the scenes of the VIP world. Learn the strategies, network and mindset needed to work at iconic events like the Olympics, Academy Awards, Wimbledon, Royal Weddings and more. And tune in for tips on how to work with celebrities, athletes and world leaders, how to be or hire a VIP manager and how VIP management will skyrocket your career. All you need is a flair for VIP events. Imagine walking to an event for another day's work and the city that you're in is consumed by it. The menus and bars and restaurants are centered around the event, whether it's themed food and drink or special deals. And the shop fronts and inside the shops are covered with event paraphernalia. And on the street, you see people with the latest annual t-shirt or tote bag or hat bearing the name of the event. And you get on the bus or the underground and people are going to the event as a spectator and you smile as you overhear them talking about it. They have a query that you know the answer to or they talk about the up and coming star of the event like they have the inside info and you smile because you have the inside info. You actually work at that event and you realize you have a really cool job. And no matter how tired you are in the morning or the evening, you're always proud working at iconic VIP events. Sometimes you find people staring at you because you're wearing something that signals that you work at the event, like a uniform. Although it better not be your accreditation. Always take off your accreditation as soon as you leave the event for the, for the day and tuck it away.
But there's a nice feeling to that when people do look at you and glance at you. People go to these events annually or every few years. It's like a pilgrimage for the avid sports fans or people catching a performance by their favorite celebrity or the ones ticking a bucket list item. And the graciousness that you feel for having the chance to see that event from the inside never leaves, despite how many times you've worked at events like that. But not everyone can do that job. And you see from experience, people who are avid fans of someone who's coming to the event, you see them become staff and they take advantage of their position and they have ulterior motives. But most of the time, those people are weeded out in interviews and they're the ones that are not serious about their event career. And it's hard not to be starstruck sometimes. I totally understand. Usually in the beginning, that's how it is for me, it's how it is for everybody, even though I've been in close proximity with hundreds of VIPs, but after a while, they're just people, and you don't think twice about them being a celebrity. But each time you see someone new for the first time or out of context, it will still send a thrill through everyone. And people at home are watching on TV. They send you messages like, did you see Brad Pitt? Yeah, I've seen him a few times, you say nonchalantly, and you hear things like, you're so lucky. True, you're a variation of the word lucky, but you didn't get to work at this event being VIP facing by luck. You got there because you proved you're worthy, you stood out, you worked hard, you had a strategy, and you networked. And there's a misconception that these jobs are glamorous behind the scenes, like you're clinking champagne glasses, although don't ever clink, it's actually bad manners to clink. But yeah, like you're toasting uh, your champagne glass um, with movie stars or dignitaries or athletes. And it's true that there are perks, whether they are tickets, passes, gifts, better food, And some VIPs even knowing you by name and recognizing you if you see them at multiple events. And I've had some in-depth conversations with some VIPs. And it's nice to see celebrities become human in front of you. But at the end of the day, you always remember that it's work. It's exciting to be at iconic VIP events, but it's still work. And sometimes trying to explain that to people will go in one ear and out the other. So that's why when working at these kinds of events, it's important to have a support system of people who understand what it's like, or at the very least listen and try to understand when you're having a frustrating day, and even when you're having an exciting day. Which is probably why you become so close with those working around you. We have inside jokes, we talk about things that happen just as much as we know VIPs will talk about us and you do have trade secrets and they never leave the room which is why you won't hear me um, spilling the tea about anything really specific or using real names and I'm extremely grateful to have these work opportunities and it may not be a priority for some to work at VIP events but for people like me I thrive in the VIP event environment. I love the spectacle. I love how elevated everything is. I love the people involved. I love that I can see behind the scenes of events that have always fascinated me and I learn something new every single hour. A ton can happen in a single day at a VIP event. Some hours are long and others are short. 
It's a typical event or workday schedule when you think about it. But I'll walk you through a day in the life of a VIP event manager of a typical, iconic, and large-scale VIP event. True, a lot of it's similar to a regular event, but there's a difference in being VIP-facing and public-facing. There's a difference in always being your best when someone famous is being really hard on you and they're used to getting their way. And there's a difference in the complexity around VIP security, their sponsorship, and public relations that's integrated into your daily event work. So here's a high-level overview of a day in the life of a VIP event manager. Picture this. You're headed on site to a huge event. The venue that this event is at is iconic. People go on tours of it when the event is not on throughout the year. And every time you get there, it's exciting. But on your way to work, you know this walk like the back of your hand, as if it's part of a full-time job commute you've been doing for years. And the coffee shop knows you by now, and you've only been coming there for a week so far, but always at the same time, always the same order. And you have some time to yourself in the morning, and you send off some texts to friends and family, and it's early, but you know you won't have the opportunity to do it later in the day. Send in the morning, reply in the evening. You arrive at the venue and security scans your accreditation, and then you head to the staff office for a morning briefing. On your way, you exchange greetings with all of the security based at each door. They're always there, and you tell them you'll be back later with something for them. By now you know they would really appreciate something to drink. A cold bottle of water, coffee, anything. They are always there, and while not in your scope of work, you know that you want them to be treated well and with respect. So you head to the temporary office at the venue, and on the way you still pass people, like the teams opening up the doors of each of the different sponsor activation areas, likely each staffed by a different staffing agency or a different event agency. You see the catering team putting out fresh food for the public, and the broadcast and media team taking the covers off their cameras. Production is testing the sound, but by now they're getting a bit cheeky and making jokes during the sound test. You have all been there for a while, and you're still very much in a bubble. Eat, sleep, drink, work, all in one bubble. You see someone that you had a drink with at the hotel last night. They were from the retail team. It seems like everyone around the city and in your hotel is working on this event. So your hotel almost feels like camp in a way. So you wave hi to your new friend. And it's like nothing exists outside of this bubble, which is calm in a way. Your out-of-office email is on. Any normal life admin is on pause. And friends and family know that you're not available that much. This is not just a three-day event with a couple days set up. This is four weeks at least 12 hours a day. And it's such a big event that a lot of your colleagues work on this year-round for the host organization itself, which is who you have a contract with. And because of that, you feel like you're the temp worker entering a new workplace that already has its own quirks, which is a learning curve. But within a week, you get the hang of it, and you know you truly belong. 
someone asks you for directions to one of the VIP suites, but you've actually never been to that area. There are so many suites and lounges that each one has a different team, all contracted through different event agencies or staffing agencies, and you wonder what their contracts are like. Probably different than yours because you're working for the host organization themselves. Finally, the morning meeting starts. It's pretty informal, but you cover a lot. One of your colleagues runs through the VVIP arrivals for the day and the timings. Some things requested beforehand, and they explain that the two groups of VVIPs will come with their own security, so you immediately know that they are royal, diplomats, or high net worth individuals. They always have their own security. Your colleague has arranged their visit to the event and will show them around. You've done that job before, where you accompany them the moment they get out of the vehicle, but not this time. The event is so big that everyone's scope of work is pretty narrow, but you'll still greet them and be around them the whole event. You're working in the best VIP hospitality club at the event, and you get to see everyone. Even being in the room makes you feel like you're a VIP too. And you are. You're a VIP amongst all of the event staff. People glance when your all-access pass lets you slip behind a door that they can't go through, and people crane their neck ever so slightly to get a glimpse of what it's like inside. During the meeting, you give an update on the previous day in your VIP hospitality club and what's coming up for today. There are still some things to work through with security regarding the information you got about the VVIP arrival, so you make a note to do that in the next hour. After the meeting, you freshen up. Being around people at a certain level means you want to look your best. There's nothing worse than knowing you look frazzled around glamorous people. You inject a little bit of personality into your uniform, and it makes you stand out. You make sure your hair's in place for the day and the makeup you brought is all day wear. You've noticed a thing or two by observing VIPs throughout the years and taking notes. The doors to the VIP Hospitality Club are going to open soon and you make sure the hosts and hostesses are ready and brief them on the VVIPs arriving, although they'll come through a separate entrance, but you need to get their wristbands beforehand yourself. You talk about the wristband color of the day and wait for security to come take a photo of it to circulate amongst everyone. You remind them to put it on themselves and do it tight enough to not fall off. People like to slip them off and give them to friends. You remind them to be extra secure with the guest list as well. You know the gifts are probably being sent to the hotel room soon, so you send a text to someone at the hotel to check that the room drops will happen during the cleaning. It's better this way. Sometimes you give a gift to a VIP and you can tell people don't want it. It's better at this event because it's not a full experience and no one wants to carry things around all day. You go inside and do a scan of the room and catch up with the F&B manager. Coffee machine is ready. Obviously, that's really important to you. But really, you talk about the flow of the food and drink and some things you noticed the previous evening about the bar service. Each day has a few new, new surprises. This VIP area is covered in luxury materials. Velvet couches, gold accents, mirrors and chandeliers flowers everywhere, windows that look outside but you can't see in, walls were built in here to hold artwork and photos of 
the event in the past, and everything was built for purpose and is on brand. Colors are neutral so that the interchangeable daily themes are noticeable, and today the flowers are your favorite kind and color. The glassware has been changed out to a new color, and the staff are all in new color and style uniforms. Today is screaming a certain decade. Every few days slips into a new decade, highlighting each decade of the event. There aren't many events who would spend this kind of money on multiple themes and decorations. It keeps everything fresh and exciting because some people will be here every day for weeks. You've enjoyed the morning, which is good. Always make sure your morning is positive because it takes mental and emotional tenacity to do this work. Yesterday, there were a few uncomfortable conversations with VIPs, but you gave the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they were having a bad day. That's the thing. There are ebbs and flows of boredom and excitement. It's not always glamorous. And there are ebbs and flows of people's moods. Some days people are so rude. And in the beginning, that's scary. In the middle, you feel empowered. And by the end, you risk losing patience. So you have to be able to prevent that from happening. The doors are opening. Within an hour, you get called to the front door. There's a huge queue. You start switching between English, Italian, Mandarin, French, Spanish, whatever languages you know. It's not essential, but comes in handy being multilingual, even if it's pretty elementary. It gives off a great impression that you can greet people in a language comfortable to them. The hosts and hostesses, though, have it under control, so you bid farewell to them and say you'll be back later. You just make sure you're not walking in front of the photographer, who takes everyone's arrival photo. They don't do photos inside, because it kind of ruins the exclusivity. So there's a small step and repeat just outside. You walk the perimeter of the VIP hospitality club, just checking in on everything. Everything's clean. Some people are looking for a seat to have their cocktail. You wish you could have one because they're on theme, but maybe after the lounge closes tonight. You show people where there's an empty table. Someone asks you about lost and found. Another asks how they can buy tickets for their friends to come to the event. Someone's trying to book a taxi for later to go to the airport. You are everything to everyone. And these queries remind you that deep down, everyone has the same problems, the same questions, even VIPs. They see you and they know that you're the manager of this space because you exude confidence and have that vibe. You go back to the front with coffees for the team managing the the list and arrival. And it's a good thing because you recognize someone coming. They're not on the list, but their clients are. The host and hostesses point it out and you discreetly say it's fine and that you can take the wristbands for their guests. They're the agent of a few VVIPs coming and the entourage, and they'll use a separate entrance. There's some of the VVIPs discussed this morning, so it's a good thing that you took note of the names. You head back to the separate entrance to make sure everything's okay. There's another VVIP arrival coming soon, too, and you know because of the time. Their schedules are like clockwork. And like clockwork, you see the housekeeping staff do a quick clean of the separate entrance. Security you don't recognize pops up, but you recognize them all the same. You know they are with royals. Everything gets quiet, clean, and secure when royals arrive. 
By tomorrow, all the staff will know that they always arrive at this time, and they'll abandon their work for a minute or two, which is kind of funny. Everyone wants a glimpse. Everyone's on their best behavior, though, because you never know when a camera crew will pop up. It's not unlikely when people like this arrive. They arrive and it goes as smooth as planned, and no matter how many times you see them, it's always exciting. So they head inside the club, but you stay put, the other VVIPs are coming. You put their wristbands on, one of them even doesn't acknowledge you. Annoying. You aren't a fan of their TV character anyways. One says thank you, one nods at you just like you would imagine. It's like they are their film character. Maybe they're method acting or something. And one is really excited. It's probably their first time here. Probably a friend of someone in the entourage. But they are a VIP today. You head back into the hospitality club. These are such strange places, hospitality clubs. There are obvious VIPs inside. People who have name and face recognition. And others who are high net worth individuals. Some are presidents and CEOs of companies who sponsor the event. And the exciting thing is that you never know who's around. It injects excitement into your day. Every time you see someone, it's like a rush of adrenaline. Do you get starstruck? Sometimes. Within the context of the event, you're not surprised to see people you would expect to be there. But sometimes you see someone and think, this person looks familiar. Who is this person nodding their head at me and saying hello. Oh my gosh, I think that's someone from my favorite romantic comedies from the 90s. What is this life that you have created for yourself? You love it. It's time to go to lunch. You don't eat in the normal staff dining where all the other thousands of staff eat. You're thankful for that too. The food in here is good and it's a more peaceful atmosphere. You think the morning's gone well so far and wonder what the afternoon has in store. There are still about 200 people who didn't check in yet. Not enough to have a huge queue, but enough to open the door of possibilities on something interesting happening. And it isn't long before you get someone who isn't on the list. They were invited yesterday, but not on the list for today. You give them a firm no, but they decide to park themselves in the way of others who want to check in. You give it 10 minutes and then you're calling security if they haven't left. They tell you who they are and what they've achieved, but you already know that. You know who they are. And again, you give a firm no and move to help someone else to ease the load on the hosts and hostesses. But the person waves their hand in your face every time you speak to someone else. Hello, I'm waiting to be let in. Why won't you help me? And you think to yourself, is this person for real? Some VIPs are the kinds that you would have invited back again and again if you were in charge of the invitations, and some you would ban. Sometimes they do get banned, but the infraction is always much more serious. At least this one's not making a huge scene. And to be honest, you find it humorous that they chose this tactic, but you keep a straight face and politely say that the answer is still no and that they can waste their time by standing there or come back on the days they're on the list, but please don't be respectful to the other guests. You are empowered in this moment. Everyone else's check-in is pretty smooth sailing. One funny hiccup when someone arrives and requests a parking pass for the slightly secret private parking area. 
This should have been delivered to them prior to the event by courier, but somehow it went missing. Their driver is parked illegally outside, and you don't keep them waiting, so you tell them you'll handle it and they can go inside and enjoy the hospitality club before everything starts. They ask for your phone number, and you you know that it's the easier option, to be honest, than running around outside trying to find the car with the license registration you're given. So you drop down your phone number and can't believe that one of the greatest musicians of all time has your phone number. Normally, you wouldn't just give it out to people, but this was the right choice. Within 30 seconds, a driver calls you to arrange a meetup with the parking pass. That's really efficient. A few people do try to crash the VIP hospitality club. They give some story about how their friend is part of the entourage of the VIP, and they were supposed to be on the list. The last names match someone on the list, but that's the extent of what you know. You can't let them in. They aren't on the list. They ask us to go find the friend of the VIP. Sorry, but the onus is on them. If it's really their friend, they'll call them and the friend will get them added to the list if possible. They disappear and you don't see them again. They should do something with the acting talent, though. These are the kinds of people you know are just trying to crash. The ones who disappear as fast as they arrive. And it's getting to the time of day when things slow down. You grab a coffee and sit for a while. You watch on the TVs what's happening outside. And you have time to kill and head to the staff office. But first you chat with the security and hand them a cold bottle of water and some cookies. People aren't due back into the club for at least another hour. It's like emerging from a bubble within a bubble. For a moment you remember that you're in a hospitality club at an event. It's basically an event within an event. What's happening outside? Everyone is trading stories of the day. Some of the conversations never leave the room, just like the photos you took. You can take them, but don't share on social media. Makes it a little tough to explain to others what you do when you can't share photos of a lot of things. You have a piece of candy gifted by some of the VIPs. The repeat ones often bring treats from whatever country they've flown from. Sometimes the agents bring it as well. You appreciate it, whoever it's from. In a few days, you'll be able to watch some of the event yourself. Things get a bit more relaxed near the end of a VIP event, and you and your colleagues will be able to catch some of the action with premium seats. Twelve hours into the day, you do some daily reporting, no-shows, numbers, information related to security and catering. You secure the wristbands and tickets in the safe in the office. You're not the last one to leave. The communications team will stay to keep up with the worldwide broadcast, but you do lock up the area by calling the operations room to lock the doors remotely so that now only those with a swipe card can get in. After 13 hours and the guests are gone and your space is locked, you go back to your hotel that night and a huge crowd has formed. They've brought out cordons because the public has figured out a lot of the VIPs are staying there and they want an autograph, but you slip right by them and go to the hotel bar. The workday is done, so now you can mingle or stick to yourself, and you chat with someone who introduces you to someone else, and then you realize you're sat in a circle of a few famous people. Life is weird. You call it a night and head to your room. The VIP gift is on your bed. You know it's not a mistake. You usually get some of the swag after the first week or so when more numbers are confirmed. 
It's why you brought an extra suitcase with you. This time your haul is pretty big. That plus the nice clothes you've been given are definitely going to make your journey home a bit tiring. And you know you can give some of these as gifts when you get home. You do a self-care routine. Your hotel room is decorated. You're there so long you wanted it to feel like home. Your feet are killing you. No matter how hard you try and practice wearing and walking in your shoes weeks in advance, they still hurt. You put them in some cold water in the bathtub and then head to the bed and relax. You respond to your texts and shoot a quick, quick one to a friend. I was having a glass of wine tonight and found myself in the middle of people A, B, and C. I don't know how I get into these situations, but I'm not complaining. You post a couple of photos on social media, the kinds that are allowed. People comment and say you're lucky. You're lucky to work there. But remember, it's not luck. It's hard work that got you there. So did you have a good day? One day, you'll be in this scenario, if you haven't been already. And you can see VIP events and non-VIP events are very similar, but the elements of a VIP event are missing in a regular one. The security, the people attending, the quality of the food and the production, the look and feel, the gifts. And this is just one type of VIP event job. You could be managing a red carpet. You could be the designer for a VIP gala dinner. You could be a VIP concierge, a hospitality club manager, and so on. The larger the event, the more defined your role. At a small event with VIPs, you may be the person who does everything. Accommodation, transportation, daily schedule, speaker briefing, red carpet coordination, etc. And if you know what it is that truly makes you thrive, the kind of work that gets you into your zone of genius, then a large-scale VIP event may be perfect for you. But with that comes the need for greater teamwork, more communication, more delegation. VIP events, if you want to be in super close proximity to them, like close enough to reach over and drink their champagne, I'm just kidding, don't do that, but that close, this requires good emotional intelligence and social skills. And a lot of these things I said are indicative of any event, whether it's a corporate conference, a gala, fundraiser, and so on. But the long haul VIP event is its own world for a while. And it can be weird to acclimate to the real world again when you come out of that one, that bubble. And some key qualities needed for them are tenacity, patience, good communication skills, the ability to stay no and stand your ground while being polite. Attention to how you look. You need confidence. You need to truly want to be there. Three plus weeks at one event sometimes? Some make you tired after two days, and it's when you find yourself still thriving after two weeks, you know you're in the right place. And going back year after year is just as exciting. Once you do find those VIP event jobs, organizers and companies hang on to you. It takes a lot of work to find the right people who can be in close proximity to VIPs and not mess things up by either being a fan or saying yes to someone who pressured you. And these are just a few examples. And before you know it, you'll be working at a long haul iconic VIP event and I want to be the first to hear about it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this new episode and learned something that will help you achieve your event goals, whether they are to work at iconic VIP events, 
to manage VIPs, to create VIP experiences, or to hire the right team for your VIP event. If you found it useful, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. For more VIP resources or links to my social media to stay up to date with a flair for VIP events and get all the behind the scenes content, you can visit my website, lauraloydevents.com. Find me on Instagram at lauraloydevents or on LinkedIn, I'm the only Laura Yarbrough Lloyd. I'll see you next time when you undoubtedly will have a little bit more flair for VIP events.